The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. Thousand twenty-four, another year in Evergreen Park, another year of the EP podcast. My name is Chris Lanuti, belly on up to my nine-foot homemade oak bar here in my basement in the EP, and pour yourself a cold one for thirty minutes of good Evergreen Park's podcast, the EP podcast. If you have not subscribed, if you haven't checked your subscription in a while, if you're only listening through Facebook, it's time to fix that. Look at the player you're using right now. Look for a follow or a favorite or a plus button. Maybe the button literally says subscribe. Click on that. Otherwise, you miss episodes. We're out every week, and sometimes we have specials in between. I bump into folks all the time that mention that they haven't seen a show in a week or two, and it's not that we're not putting them out. It's because Facebook doesn't show them to you every week. So now that that's out of the way, here's what we're going to do. As the year kicks off, I'm going to be honest with you, I enjoyed a break over the last week or so. It was Christmas, we had New Year's, I'm trying to settle a few things around here as the year comes to a close. I even went over to the First National Bank of Evergreen Park and opened up a brand new account for my 8-year-old. I got him a Junior Savers account because I found a bag full of communion money from May. Yeah, it was just sitting in a bag in the corner of a room. Some of it was cash, some of it was checks. I don't know where it came from. If you've been listening to the show, you know my life's been a little upside down for the last four months or so. So I go over there with these checks that have been written since May. I'm like texting people like, hey, do you mind if I try to cash this check and put it in my kid's account? And everybody was really understanding. And so was the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. They sat me down. They asked me what I wanted. They asked me all the details. They told me what I needed to have for them. I was able to get it real quick. Account got set up. The kid already earned interest. And the account is linked to my main account at the bank. And I'm able to check on everything the kids are doing. In fact, I'm going to start putting up standings in the house. I want to show the teenager who has a job that she has less money than the eight-year-old because she spends too much on Starbucks. Your child's bright financial future starts over there at 95th and Pulaski, the official sponsors of the EP podcast, the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, member FDIC. That said, it was a busy week, and so I didn't do a normal show. Instead, what I wanted to do is give the people what they want and what they've told us they wanted in recent surveys that the EP podcast has done throughout the community. We found through a couple of really interesting surveys talking to people that were listening that well over half of you prefer local interviews over any other content on the show. 57.1% of you. News and events in the area, 38.1%. That's a lot. That's over 95% with just those two categories. And when we asked who you wanted to hear from, the number one on the entire list of different types of interviews and guests that you can have on the EP podcast, the number one most requested type of interview is a village official. 46.7% of you put that down as your number one answer. So I figured, what the heck? You might have missed a show in the last year. Let's take a look back at the last year and all the different village officials that stopped into the EP podcast before we really dive into 2024 and you get to hear from them again and again and again, because we're going to step that up here. So I have three village trustees and the mayor with some really interesting things that they said on this show over the past calendar year. And we'll get it started with when Mark Marzullo walked through here a few months ago and talked about the EP police department 
the interest people have in police action in Evergreen Park, and the preparation for the brand new car dealership that is now along 95th Street. Check them out. How are you doing? Uh, everything's beautiful. Never yeah. had a bad day in my life. Yeah, I, it's the same answer every time. I'm waiting for the no, first every, time. Everything, everything's everything. Chris, it's been a crappy week. I'll be like, oh, things nah, are bad. You know, it's it's been it's been great. I'm I'm a, I'm a blessed human being. You know, wonderful town, wonderful family, great grandkids. I'm blessed. You know, I do flip around in the social media and stuff like that. I've noticed there's an awful lot of folks that are are curious about like like oh, I heard a noise last night. Or the police were going up the street and they were over here. Or my security camera watch caught somebody riding down the street really fast at 3 o'clock in the morning. I mean, there's interest in, you know, what's going on in the village and, you know, police action. Is the village ever considered the idea of, like, police blotter or something that just kind of like... Because I know we get the notifications. I know we get, like, the things that's like, you know, if there's something serious, I can get a phone call. And there's a way to get on a list where you can get that, right? But is the, is the village ever thought, like, you know, just a little thing that's like, by the way, that noise you heard wasn't a big deal? Because it seems like people get whipped up in their own imaginations about what's going on. There's so many things that go on that if, if you went and reported everything, it would almost be impossible to. For example... um, there's a domestic disturbance, and everybody wants to know about a dis- domestic disturbance. It's nobody's business. Our police department will definitely in a, will inform people when they think there's a danger to the community, period. And you know we have the reverse 911. We get the word out. Don't come out of your house. We do anything. But if they don't perceive a danger to the community, they don't, they don't do the reverse 911. They don't talk to the people. Um, what their policy is, it's, 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 it's strictly what the police chief wants to do. He's done a fine job. I don't question why his policy is that. I think it's good because I just think everybody yaks about everything. And then it snowballs. It's going to go from a domestic disturbance to the guy had an atomic bomb. It's impossible, I would think, for any village, especially on the south side of Chicago, but in any metropolitan area across the country, to be crime-free, to not have a— Otherwise, you wouldn't need police, right? So there's going to be things that are going to happen. Yes. And does this crime happen here? Absolutely. But does it happen, you know— like it does three miles away? Absolutely not. We have very small disturbances. We have, you know, and, and, you know, occasionally there happens to be a major crime. And our guys handle it and our guys tackle it. Why we don't broadcast it out and tell anybody in the neighborhood? I don't think if there's a perceived uh, threat to the neighborhood, I think that it doesn't need to be out there. Yeah, if there's a murder or shooting or there's someone on the loose, absolutely the police do their duty. And we do the reverse 9-1s and inform the community to to lock down and stay in our houses. But those are far far and few between in our community, and we're very lucky. That's due to the di- diligence of our police department. They're just phenomenal. I think people think a lot more goes on when they see it, because uh, we send four squads to something. That's an indication of having enough police officers that can cover it. Sometimes the cars are so spread out, and the state police are like that, mm-hmm. and there's certain police departments where they don't have enough, that one car is going to something they should have four cars for. Right. Here, when you're, they're able to back each other up, what that does is create a safer, a safer scene. Okay? I believe so. Because, because I think when you have more of a presence that's there, there's less of a chance that things get out of hand. There's more yeah. control of the situation, and that's probably a good thing to have backup. That's exactly a correct analogy. We had a, a former police chief here named Norby, Norby Smith, and when I first came into politics, he just said, listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. When a person doesn't feel safe, it's the end of your neighborhood. They will leave to protect their family under any circumstances. So your number one priority as a village board member is to keep your community safe. 
That's your number one goal. That should be any governmental institution is to keep your neighborhood safe. Because without a safe neighborhood, there's nothing else. Yeah. What good are the schools and what good are this if you have crime and it's, it's a terrible neighborhood? None of it matters. A balanced budget, none of it matters. Crime is the number one and we keep our thumb on it pretty heavy. We always talk about new business when you come around. I think the new car dealership that's going in is a big deal. We did get comments on that. Some folks are always a little bit nervous when there's a big change. That's a big thing moving in. The thing I see about change is I see a place where two places have been before since I've been here. It used to be a gas station. That was this, and now it's this. So change is a constant. If you don't change and you don't upgrade, your suburb is just going to be destroyed, and it's going to be a ghost town. And that's not what we want. Uh, we have businesses vying to come in Evergreen Park. That Subaru dealership was a home run. They, they want to do business in our town because they know we're very business-friendly type of well, government. Well, if, if, here's the thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Whatever anybody purchases in Evergreen Park, Evergreen Park gets a percentage of something on any kind of sales that happen in, in Evergreen. Well, we, we, of course, you have your, your sales tax, which right. you get a little piece of that. And we also have what's called home rule tax, which is another half a point, I believe. Okay. So on the backside of all the tax. So there's a big difference between somebody going and buying a burger and somebody going and buying a twenty-five dollars to $45,000 car. Yes, we get because a, there's a bigger a good piece of that action. You're getting, you're getting a bigger amount of money that comes in with a place that's selling something that's at a high price. So that's probably very good for tax dollars. The, the great thing about the car dealership is that every municipality fights for a car dealership. They wanted to come to us. But that's the thing that villages will all fight for? Absolutely. <laughs> For the first time ever, Village Trustee Mark Valen sat down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar. He joined the EP podcast. We talked about the Evergreen Park Food Pantry. That was the intent of the show, actually. Uh, then somehow we just got into a big discussion about football. Take a listen. Okay, well, first, before we get to the pantry thing, let's talk about what happened over with Redeemer this past weekend. They won championships yet again. I want to say it's three in a row. It was uh, three in a row for the fifth and sixth, uh, coached by Dean Reedy and all his great assistants. And uh, my nephew, Matt Phelan, is the head coach of the seventh and eighth. And they also won their uh, third gold ball. And uh, it was an historic thing for our parish and for the league. I don't think a team has, uh, a school has ever won three in a row. Uh, great day for Raider Nation, let's say. Yeah, well, I mean, and I try to explain this to people and it's funny because I, I've bumped into people outside of Evergreen Park and they're always like, oh, that Redeemer, that Redeemer Grammar School, like, football team is just so good. But in reality, you have kids that are from Redeemer. You get kids that come from Martyrs. Uh, you get you get kids that, you know, are going to some of the Evergreen Park public schools that are on the team. It really is Evergreen Park, one of Evergreen Park's teams, right? I mean, it, 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 it really represents more than just the parish. And so it's such an accomplishment to have all these kids from these schools playing for Redeemer go out and win it yet again. Which is, And you're coaching. I see you all the time. I've been by the field at Duffy Park. You're out there with a whistle. You You have a lot to do with it, don't you? I have. I've been coaching for 40 years. Uh, this is my third year as not being the head coach. And uh, just love coaching, love teaching kids, love to uh, make our Catholic faith part of the sport because it is. Our faith is a struggle. Football is a struggle. And uh, it relates well to, uh, to young men, I think. And uh, their life is going to be a struggle. But they learn so many. I think there's no sport in the world uh, better than football to teach young men lessons, teach them to be tough, teach them to have a, 
uh, an attitude of never, ever, ever give up. And uh, that's why I really enjoy it. I spent six years as a head coach of sophomores at Rice uh, between uh, stints at Holy Redeemer. And uh, fall is the best time of the year for me. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, and the thing is, right now, I'm kind of like having the internal debate. Like my son, Dominic, was a hockey player. That's what he wanted to do. He played hockey. He wanted to do it. That was all he ever wanted to do. Okay. Nick, the little guy who's in third grade, no interest right now in, in hockey, right? But is asked about football. And so much has changed now over the last couple of years, especially with how you tackle and make sure that the kids, you know, don't take injuries. You're protecting their brains and everything else like that. What's that been like, that evolution of like moving it along? Because that's the one thing. I think when Dom 10 years ago was like not really into football, I was kind of okay with it because at the time that was the big story. Like, watch out for these kids in their heads and everything. But from what I understand, you do things very differently now, don't you? It's totally different how we teach a young man to uh, tackle nowadays. We don't teach them to lead with their head. We teach them to keep their head up. We don't teach them to slide uh, to the body and just wrap with the arms with their head up, you know. Uh, and we take it very seriously, uh, head injuries. Uh, someone gets a head injury, they're not playing until a doctor says they can go back. And uh, it's a serious, it's this very serious thing. Uh, you know, young brains are just developing. It's You've got to take it serious. Uh, as a deacon, I... Uh, I had a horrible thing happen uh, about a year ago. I did a funeral for a young man who, who committed suicide. And his father said he had three concussions in high school. And from then on, he had severe depression and was never right. And uh, that's a very sad story. And parents have to understand that, you know, that if a young man or a young lady has a concussion, they got to they gotta find another sport. You can't let it go, you know. It's 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 a sad thing, but uh, you know uh, they go on, you know. And uh, I pray for that kid every day at mass. Uh, you're a great young man, and his father is a great guy. So it's a sad thing, but that's that's what it is, you know. Yeah. You got you got to protect these kids at yeah. all costs. Yeah, you definitely do. You have to watch over them. It sounds like you're doing a great job over at Redeemer. You're also taking care of people over at the Evergreen Park Food Pantry. We, we talked to John Dalkey for years, okay, and he worked his butt off over there. And, you know, there comes a time where, you know, a guy like John's got to, you know, you can't do it forever, okay? So you've been over there. I remember seeing you over there helping out for years, and now you've got, you know, more of a role, I would imagine, over there because you've been around it for a while. And, and the village is more involved in it. Tell me a little bit, what's changed in the last year or so with the, with the food pantry? Well, John did kind of step down, and John did a wonderful job. He, he uh totally revamped uh, the system at the Evergreen Park Food Pantry. We're, we're so appreciative for everything that he did. But uh, when he stepped back, you know, I kind of stepped in as, as a lead man or whatever you would call it. And uh, we also have um, Carol Kyle, who's a village trustee who works there all the time. All our, all our workers are, are retired people, and uh, we all get along really great. We tried to get all the kids involved, uh, especially I get kids from Holy Redeemer. We have kids come from Arrow every week who help us out. And these kids are in job training programs. They're anywhere from 18 to 21 years old. And just learn how to work and learn how to take direction. And uh, it's very fulfilling to work with those children. You know, every kid nowadays got to get service hours. So I'm always welcoming the kids to the pantry to get service hours. I, I have a thought about, about service. If you make it fun when kids are young, that they're going to want to serve 
the church and serve their fellow man forever. You know, I can remember when my son and daughter were little uh, and uh, Katrina hit and I went to Sam's Club and got, uh, you know, a couple skids of diapers and a couple skids of Similac and a guy was loading the truck to go down to New Orleans and my son goes, why are we doing this, Dad? I go, because these people have nothing. Their homes were ruined. Their their lives are in shambles. And there's babies with no no milk and no diapers. And and my son turned to me and goes, Dad, this is this uh, charity work's fun. I go, yes, it is fun, you know. So uh, that's something I try to instill in, in kids that uh, doing charity work is fun. We we don't we don't take ourselves seriously. We try to laugh all the time. And have fun. It's a joy to serve uh, this community. There's a lot of sick, hungry people in Evergreen Park and surrounding areas, and there's a great need for it. And uh, with the backing of our mayor and uh, administration, they gave us an old firehouse to revamp and uh, become a pantry. And we have a pantry coalition and a board who uh, back us. And uh, it's, it's a great thing for our community. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708 425 1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Mayor Kelly Burke stopped by a couple times in 2023. I'm sure we're going to talk to her a bunch in 2024. The most recent time she was in here, we learned about a project that I don't think anybody was talking about except for here on the EP podcast. And it was fascinating to hear about it. And she also told us about the biggest frustration she had in 23. Take a listen. So I also heard of this project that I am intrigued by. Yes. Uh, in the area of 91st and Richmond, mm-hmm. uh, you have a some sort of pumping station there. A lift station. Lift station. Okay. I'll, you'll need to explain to me what that is after I get the question out because I have no idea what that means. So so the 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 idea is that they're, they're – I thought it was new. You were telling me before we sat down that it's actually they're replacing one. But essentially, it's in a residential neighborhood, and it's this pump or whatever the station is, and it gets disguised – essentially, within something that looks like a home or a structure. Mm -hmm. And I found that to be so intriguing that there are these things that are hidden inside of what looks like houses. And how many of these are around Evergreen Park? And what does this thing do? Can you explain it to me? Okay, so... Um, I'm going to ask forgiveness from anyone who's a civil engineer who is listening to this or some sort of sanitary engineer. She's just a mayor, folks. I'm just a a a mayor. mayor. But as, as I understand it, okay, so... Our sanitary sewer is gravity fed. It rolls to the lowest point, which on the east side of town is around this 91st and Richmond. Uh, Richmond. Yeah. And um, then it has to get pumped out to go, you know, to get rid of, you know, and, and to end up at the MWRD. Um, and so the it goes down into this pump. It gets shot out. This pump has been there, or lift station, has been there for at least 50 years and it was housed in a small um little it, it's underground i find this interesting because like when when i i heard from one of the neighbors that's how i learned about it right he was trying to tell me about this and he thought it was new 
And when you were like, no, it's been here for 50 years, that shows how well you disguised it yeah, the right. first time around. Well, it was the, the original one was toward the back of the lot. OK. And then just because of I mean, this was a huge project in a small area like yeah, you have you to know, work amongst people's homes. Yeah. Right, like, you know, where a crane was coming and putting this huge pump down into a 30 foot shaft like it was it was kind of wild to watch but um just the the reconfiguration they had to do i don't know if it was because you know the pump changed a little bit in the 50 years since they made I'm the sure last they, one i'm sure they make the pumps differently they, they now. had yeah. to move the structure that goes on top of the whole thing to the front to the closer to the front of the of the lot so it is more noticeable um, but the project is about 98% done. Um, there's now more it's a little bit of landscaping and hiding it and stuff exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So the fact that there's... But I think that's neat that there's something that's like, be, you're going to try to hide it in the neighborhood. I think that's So there's neat. there's another one. Um, the other lift station is at 94th and Hamlin. Right now, somebody at 94th and Hamlin is like, what? Right. And I, you, you, you know is that what? why it's we probably, never see the neighbors down the block? Because well, there's nobody in there? You, you, it's one of these things I think you walk past because the, the it, it almost looks like a little garage with okay. a driveway off 94th Street. And I had walked by it a million times and I always thought, huh, I wonder what that is. And it turns out it's a lift station. <laughs> <laughs> that is so interesting. Yeah. I think that's very, very So yeah, cool. it, was, it was actually like if you're a construction nerd, you know, it was... Uh, an interesting i mean it was a fascinating project to watch it was very very difficult for the people uh in that block because it was a lot of work going on in a really small area and in they were so patient um and you know uh they they were they were really really patient in some trying times so i'm glad it's over and you know we're hopefully don't have to replace <laughs> do a project like that for another 50 or 60 years what was your most frustrating thing this year? Yeah, I would say like just in terms of um, inconvenience um, and just frustration, I they, that the redo of the tracks at 94th and Kedzie was probably right up there. Yeah. And um, it's got to be frustrating that it's in your town, but you don't have any control over it. You don't it have any control have over react. it. And, you know, the railroad isn't there to make your life easy. I mean, we need the railroad. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, they, the, the railroad does a lot of good things. It keeps it keeps trucks off the road and has them on rails, but it's inconvenient for us because of the way they bisect our town. And then when they're shut down like that, you know, the buses have to be rerouted and traffic's going all over. It was really frustrating. While your truck's and, trying to find alternate routes to move around. And yeah. there's, um, you know, a lack of communication sometimes because it's not a village project. It's, it's the railroad project. And they're not always the best communicators about when things are happening and how long it's going to take. And there's still, you know, debris that, that are it's in their right of way, but they still haven't picked it up. And we've been trying to get on them to, you know, get it all cleaned up, old railroad ties and stuff like that and repairing um, the parkway. It'll happen, but it just, you, you constantly have to stay on them and it gets frustrating. It's got to be difficult. I, I can only compare it to something my dad used to complain about. He was a commander for his last 10 years in CPD and he dealt with loop traffic. Mm -hmm. And he would say all the time that when IDOT did something downtown, they used the exact same method that they use when they're in Rantoul in downstate Illinois. Like, and it's different right. when you're doing it in this massive area, but they just look at something on a map and say, okay, we got to do that. All right, do it the same way you always do it. And it doesn't work sometimes. And for that to be in the heart of Evergreen Park, it is a, it's a frustrating thing. But I always try to remind, people would complain to me about it. And I'd be like, it 
it's not the village. Right. It's the railroad. Right. I mean, like, they, like, and, and railroads have all these pr- government protections. They can basically just look at you and be like, we're the railroad. Like, if you're, if you're mean to our conductor, it's a federal crime. Like, I mean, like, there's all kinds of, the railroads have these whole different set of rules I don't think people get. So right. I would imagine that was, that was tough. It was tough. And, and you know what? I mean, you, you bring up a good, like, people complain to me about the railroad and the post office. And you know what? My answer can't be, I don't run the railroad and I don't run the post office. Because then it sounds like you're blowing it off. Exactly. Even though that's true, but you're, you have to figure out a way to work and get the attention of, and, you know, um, get, get cooperation between these things that aren't my responsibility and I don't have any power over, but yet, you know, affect our town so greatly. So, I mean, we have been able to get, you know, some, to get some things done with the railroad, but it is just an uphill battle and it's frustrating because they don't always pay attention to us. But we're going to keep trying. Remember, if you want to hear more from one of these local village officials. If you want to hear more from that interview, it's not gone. You can get the entire thing on demand anywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. Every episode from when we started doing the show back in 2018 is still there to listen to. Or just make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss them the next time they're on the show. It's now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street, brought to you by Spoken Vine Wine Bar and Bottle Shop, northeast corner of 95th and Kedzie. An amazing array of wines. They're constantly changing the menu. They got great food there as well. A really relaxed atmosphere. 21 and over establishment. See everything they have to offer at SpokenVineWines.com. But I would just stop in. Get yourself a glass of wine. Have two. Have three. I'm not your father. I'm not keeping track of you. New year, new waste and recycling provider in Evergreen Park. Blood Brothers has officially taken over. Southeast residents remember your service day has switched to Friday. You do have a pickup coming up, though, on Saturday this week because of the New Year's holiday. And then it's Friday starting on January the 12th. You can also recycle your unwanted or broken holiday lights Bring them into Village Hall, 9418 South Kedzie, or the Community Center, 3450 West 97th Street, all the way through January the 16th. You can also recycle your Christmas tree, your live tree. Don't put the plastic one out there. The live tree can be put on the curb or pickup by Flood Brothers. They're going to get picked up on your regular pickup day throughout the entire month of January. So remember, on the last episode, and maybe the last couple episodes, I keep reminding people, January and February are bleak here on the south side. I'm keeping my lights up for pretty much all of January. I suggest you follow me along in this one, or I'll be the only guy with his lights up on Valentine's Day. Yeah, I'm already pushing to mid-February now. The Office of Citizen Services is having an ice cream social. Grandparents, grandkids, get over there this week, January the 4th, 2 to 4 p.m. at the Community Center, 3450 West 97th Street. There's also an Evergreen Park Senior Council monthly senior luncheon happening on January 18th at 11 a.m. For 10 bucks, you can eat a Chili Mac luncheon and listen to our good friend Frank Murray from the Evergreen Park Library as their guest keynote speaker. 
And also, the youth department is having their snow tubing field trip Saturday, January 27th. It goes from 11 a.m. until 6 p.m. and it's open to kids grades five through high school. The cost is 30 bucks. It's a bus ride to and from Bartlett, Illinois and two hours of snow tubing. Limited space available. Register with the EP Youth Department before January 19th at 3450 West 97th Street. Give them a call at 708-229-3377 with any questions. That is your word on the street. We did have another village trustee in here in the last calendar year. Jeannie Olson stopped by, I think a couple times, if I remember correctly. The most recent time, she was down here with some local students. They were doing a drive for homeless veterans. And while that drive is over, and it wouldn't make any sense to play that portion of the interview, I got a few questions in there about things going on around the village and had a little bit of fun with Jeannie. She's brought to you by Sid Sauce, the local Evergreen Park company that's growing peppers here in Evergreen Park, making delicious hot sauces and delivering them to your door. Check out every flavor they make by visiting SidSauce.net. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having us back. You giggled the moment I said village trustee. I do. I'm yeah. so, yeah. It's yeah. So are weird. you used to it yet? Like you're, no. the, you're the newest of all the trustees because you ended up, you know, getting the position where the, the mayor was in. And when that position opened up, you moved in there. So you're you're like the, the least tenured, but I would imagine you're very busy. I mean, I know you guys have the meetings every other we week. We do have the meetings. And I actually did run this past April. So I, That's I, did, I did get in. You did, through, you ran. Yeah, but I, I did run and I ran on a pose. So no... Uh, no challengers there, but that's yeah. the best way to run. It is, it is. So I am, I am the newest, the youngest. Um, we are busy. There's a lot going on in Evergreen, but um, it's fun. But right. it is, it is. Um, I do giggle when I hear Trustee Olson. Well, before we get to why you're here, yes. uh, I am remiss if I don't uh, complain about the CSX tracks, even though it's not your fault, right? And it's really the railroad, right? And I wish they were just building a big giant bridge over that that intersection because it's a mess all the time. I mean, it's really no difference. Like, it really, I'm always trying to find a way around that intersection anyway. So, I mean, I think the locals know how to react to that because they always know how to get around. It's just the but people that drive through Evergreen. But still frustrating yeah, nonetheless. It's incredibly yes, frustrating. It is. And, uh, you know, I, I can't even think of any other complaints right now. I, everything seems very good around You know what? If that's your here. only complaint, Chris, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. And, and I'm right there with you, the tracks. Um, I mean, I, can... I, hate, I hate the drivers around here, but I can't do anything about it. I mean, unless you put a cop on every corner, we're not going to be able to stop them and make them stop at stop signs and drive properly. Yeah. And if you see, we now have those blinking lights. I love they say how fast you're going. Yeah. I think some people see that as a challenge. We're hoping. <laughs> if I go faster, can I make it, can blink, I make it faster? blink faster? So, um, <laughs> but those are all over the village. We're hoping those uh, have like a, an effect on it. It's mainly near the schools. I don't know if you've seen them. Yeah, no, schools, I see one. I, yeah, I, I yeah. see them because I, you know, I, I live on 99th. So I see them when I go by Southwest. Yep. I got kids over at Redeemer. I see it when I drive over there. And uh, but I'm going to tell you, it's always funny to me. Like the worst driving is right around the schools. It seems like, I mean, it's not as bad until you're around a school. It's like they see children and they get worse. And that is the wrong way to go. That with is the, whole the opposite thing. Uh, yeah. reaction we were hoping right. for. But exactly. Yeah. I, I thought of one more thing I wanted to bring up to you as a trustee before you leave. One more <laughs> sure, thing. Sure. One more thing for you. Don't worry. It's not a complaint. It's a complaint that was given to me okay. about the show where somebody came up to me and said, you have to find somebody else to do trivia against Marzullo because Anderson keeps getting himself completely destroyed and it's embarrassing so, so they're I like stop bringing norman to get beat by by mark marzullo i i don't know if i can go up against mark marzullo really i mean i've born and raised evergreen <laughs> i am but the thought of going up against him and his like vast knowledge 
I would be happy to be on your show in any other capacity. I am not going up against Mars. I'll go up against Norm. How about that? You go up against Norm? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, maybe we'll try that one in the future. Jeannie, yeah. thanks so much. Thanks for having us, Chris. We appreciate it. It's the EP Podcast. All things Evergreen Park. It's the EP Podcast. Evergreen Park. There's always been traffic issues. I'm going to tell you my favorite story. So I grew up in, right down the block here in 99th and Millard. Okay. 99th was a little dirt road, basically, with two ditches on the side. Mm. I wasn't even born yet. My dad had the house at 3636 West 99th Street, and he's out on his front lawn, his new house. This is 1955 or 56. Right. He's got two little babies, my brothers, and he's got a pitchfork, and he's working on the lawn. And you lived on 99th? Right on 99th. Like I do? Yes. Okay. You're 30-something. You're 30 I'm 36, 36. Yeah, yeah. So right off of Millard. So this Thanks guy for not comes, giving out my head. Here comes a guy <laughs> flying by, full blast. And my dad, you know, World War II vet. He was younger then. He was crazy guy, crazy Italian guy. Starts yelling at the guy. The guy goes flying by, goes to Lawndale, makes a U-bender, comes flying down at my old man again, screaming, beeping horn, yelling at him. He was a young kid. My dad said he's probably about 16, 17. My dad picked up the fit, pitchfork and threw it at his car and stuck in his t- in, his, in his side of his... <laughs> Quarter panel. That's awesome. See, but this is the problem with this That's story. Awesome. Yeah, those are the good days. Those are the good days. And that old man always said, I, I wonder what he told his old man how he got those five holes in the side of his car. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine how that would be reported later on? Like now if somebody did Oh, now that. you go to prison, man. Put my old man yeah. in prison. Yeah. But at least I bet, murder. I bet you that guy never, never sped through that Never had a guy speed by again. <laughs> they said, old man Marzullo's nuts. Don't go by that house fast.